0: Welcome and good evening. My name is Akinchano. I hope to be with you for a week and practice together with you. For tonight my plans are simple. I would love to uh, basically sit quietly with you for a few minutes and after that formally take refuges I will pass out some sheets with the uh, triple refuges printed on them. And after we have ritually started our retreat, I would uh, basically say a few things to address the tenor of our exercises and um, look at giving some keynotes to notions of practice. I trust you have found a place to sleep and you have been given something to eat. Uh, Am I audible at the very back there? Is this okay? Good, thank you. So, um, let us arrive. Uh, Put yourself in an upright posture and let us arrive in silence for a moment. Acknowledging that we are here We have left many other situations and just be with our bodies sitting here, feeling breath and weight and um, the arrival in a new place, what that does to our system, maybe uh, (coughs) sensing the warmth of a, a good soup in the belly and acknowledging Um, Not just what is missing, what we haven't realized, what we haven't uh, managed to attain yet, but also what, what carries, what is already there, and what is good right now in this situation. (coughs) E <coughs> aí Please stretch your legs for a moment. glad you could uh, make the time and come. I know uh, there are alternatives to Buddhist meditation retreats in your lives, I'm sure. Um, You should receive in a moment or two a sheet with, maybe somebody can turn up the light a little bit so that the reading gets easier. Thank you. The uh, three refuges are a very time honored practice, and they refer to them a simple possibility for all of us to wake up. That is what the refuge going for refuge to the Buddha means. We recall the possibility for awakening that slumbers in our own heart. Um, You also will see statues of the Buddha. Um, I'd like to make a distinction. A a statue of the Buddha is not the Buddha. And neither the statue of the Buddha nor the Buddha are likely to make you awake. Um, the historical Buddha is no longer with us for quite some time already, and the statues—wood uh, or bronze in this case here—and yeah. they are beautiful. And their real power lies in their potential to remind us of something that we carry in us as. A latent possibility. And uh, they may even have the power to encourage us to make more of this possibility. So, if we take refuge in the Buddha, then we primarily take refuge in the Buddha within. That is our own potential to wake up, to be free, and to find happiness and contentment through an understanding of how things are, an understanding of in what we find, what predicament we find ourselves, and how to best engage our resources and powers to live a life uh, from a heartfelt and heartful place. So that is what we do when we acknowledge the refuge of the Buddha. The second refuge, that of the, the Dharma, basically is saying that we are right now, as we are, intelligent enough to understand the principles that underpin what governs our experienced reality. These are principles which are not always obvious, but if we put our uh, appropriate attention to the process of our own experience, then we find within our own experience the key to liberation, happiness, and understanding. So that's the second of the refuges, stating basically, right now I'm intelligent enough to discern uh, what makes me suffer and how how this suffering can be allayed. The third of the refugees basically states that I'm not alone. It is uh, acknowledging that there are people who have had realization on the path and that there are currently people who have some degree of realization while practicing this path. Uh, uh, Also, the third refuge acknowledges that there are people who share our aspiration, that we are not alone in this. Right now, there is... A community of beings who, um, touched by uh, the delights and the sufferings in human life, are moved to try to understand more deeply what's happening and uh, to apply teachings that have come to us from a long long time ago. uh, Teachings that are still with us because they have an existential value. Um, These people are there. We don't necessarily see them, but um, we can acknowledge community. Community is something we do. It's an activity. It's not something that if we wait long enough and if we behave nicely enough, we will be taken up. Sangha is an activity. It is something we create. And first of all, we create it by affirming that we are sharing a lot with human beings. We have an awful lot with human beings in common, much more than we generally acknowledge. We are geared to distinguish ourselves by differences. But in fact, you will share probably with your fellow human beings much more than distinguishes you from them. This may not be very flattering uh, to your shardy egos, but... uh, there are so much uh, things we have in common with other mammals, other unfeathered bipeds, um, than we tend to admit. In fact, uh, any closer investigation will come to an r- immense shared pool of common humanity. And while that may not be very flattering to our scintillating uh, personalities, um, often it is beautifully and deeply connecting to actually acknowledge how much we share with others. Beyond our likes and dislikes, beyond our skin color, beyond our language, beyond our social conditioning, beyond our, uh, our contribution to the GNP and uh, a few other uh, cherished uh, forms of distinction. <laughs> Human beings want to be happy. Human beings are loath to experience pain and discomfort and meaninglessness and human beings all across the globe share that so uh, the third refuge basically states if i connect to the aspirations of waking wanting to wishing to wake up and if i turn to the left and to the right i will see beings who are with me in this um so let us do this. I'd like to recite that in Pali. For those of you who are familiar with it, wonderful. For those of you who are not, um, look at this, listen to this, and uh, if you feel this is possible, join in.
1: Yeah? <laughs> Namo TASA BANGAVATO ARAH TO SAMMA SAMBUDASA NAMMU TASA BANGAVATO ARAH TO SAMMA SAMBUDASA PUTTANG ZARANANG GADJAMI NAMMANG ZARANANG sanggang sararanang ga jami Duti hammpi butang sararanang jami Duti ammpi dambang sararanang gajami Duti hammpi sangangkan sararanang ga butang sararanang Tati-ampi-dham-mang-saranang-gaj-jami Tati-ampi-sang-gang-saranang-gaj-jami Good.
0: So, Retreat. Retreat is an artificial situation. The idea of a retreat, very briefly, is to juxtapose much of what we do in our lives. Nobody can live permanently on retreat. Even if you're living in a monastery, you are unlikely to live permanently on retreat. So, with that goes a certain artificiality. That means there are certain things we don't do on retreat and there are certain things we do a lot of on retreat. The idea of a retreat is that it gives us a counterposition to um, much of our daily life. Much of our daily lives are ruled by complexity, by speed, by um, discursive engagement, by um, the production of things we may get money for or which we derive identity from. And retreats are something of an opposite program. You don't have to be very productive. Um, you rec- it is recommended that you're not overly fast here. Um, we try to minimize the complexity um, to the to the degree that uh, um, you, you're not expected to be really original. So, in in your uh, behavior or so. I, in fact, I would discourage every conscious attempt to be original in this. Um, I'd like to encourage you to be utterly normal and to uh, turn your attention to a large part, over 75% inward to what's happening in your inner life. Much of our attention is focused normally outwardly through the five senses uh, which you all know and uh, we're also giving a lot of attention to the products of our mind, thoughts, images, uh, speech patterns, uh, and I would suggest that rather than directing your attention outward, as is a a great habit and is a a necessary survival skill in our societies, um, this is a safe enough place that you can turn much of your attention inward. That's one of the things that retreats do. They create a degree of safety. So, If all goes well, nobody will jump up. Uh, nobody will scream. Nobody will try to nick your purse. Nobody will try to sell you something here. So we're trying to create safety. One form of creating that is by uh, encouraging you to, to live in a way that is harmless and consider it. Uh, In fact, we encourage you to uh, not kill things, I mean, starting with human beings, but also smaller things. We like to encourage you not to take things that are not given. We try to encourage you to abstain from erotic behavior here during the course of this retreat. Um, We try to encourage you not to speak to each other, unless it is in a group situation or uh, with me, or if, you know, emergencies call for this. Uh, we'd like to encourage you to abstain from intoxicants and uh, anything that may cloud your mind. And particularly we'd like to encourage you to be, albeit quietly, friendly with each other. You know? So consider this practice of noble silence, which we uh, endorse now and uh, have taken up, to... Not do that practice of noble silence as a sort of grim blanket you throw around yourself so that all these meditation obstacles that run around here uh, can't reach you. That is not the intention. It is a kindly noble silence. So I'd like to encourage you to be kind with your fellow beings here, although you are encouraged not to drag them into conversation or seek prolonged eye contact with them or... Um, to catch their attention. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I would like you to um, envelop your fellow meditators here, which are going to be part of your meditation experience, um, to envelop them with uh, kindly benevolence—a kindly benevolence that they don't need to earn, yeah. They don't need to earn that by particular by being particularly still or particularly straight or particularly modest or so. But just I would like you to give them a sort of a, a carte blanche benevolence. Yeah? This is a fellow suffering human being with aspirations of waking up. And I may not know much about this human being, but I um, give it uh, all my kindliness and all my friendliness uh, without demanding attention from this being, retreats are collective experiences. Believe me, I, I, I do some quite a number of them, and they all have a distinctly individual feel. Yeah. Right now, I'm still speaking to a uh, a group of forty-some individuals. Within 24 hours, you will have merged energetically into a, a group. Yeah. You may not notice that in the same way as I do, because I do probably more talking. But I have this repeated experience. Within 24, 36 hours, rather than having 40-some individual energetic formations, I generally start to have a feeling I'm actually talking to a body of people. Yeah. Um, collectively, we influence each other by our stillness, by our restlessness, By our kindness, we build an atmosphere. And in that atmosphere, collective atmosphere, all of you have some responsibility. All of you participate, for better or worse, in that experience. Uh, We help each other. Things become more clear in a collective atmosphere and ambience. In that built ambience, things become possible that would be more difficult to obtain if we were alone. The effort of other beings is inspiring to us and stimulates our own efforts. The energy of other people practicing gives us inspiration and lets us tap into our own energies. Um, the stillness uh, built by a group of people dedicated to introspective exercises helps every individual one. Yeah. so. I hope you are to some degree aware of this and you're grateful of this because this is how we help each other without overt tricks or without overt uh, counseling or without just simply by being here and by being dedicated to this format for a couple of days and giving our heart and our uh, vital energies to deepening this practice helps each other so we help each other and each individual making that effort supports the group of individuals that is uh, trying to do this. I've experienced this countless, countless times, and I'm very grateful that this is that, I, that this is part of my life. Um, that I have the privilege to be in groups that uh, take time and uh, clear themselves from duties and pull themselves out of the complexities of their lives to give something weight that I personally find. Uh, useful and inspiring and so that I'm not alone in this. (laughs) Uh, This keeps being inspiring in my life. Retreats are um, generally bigger than uh, what happens on our cushion. So I'd like to encourage you to understand what's happening from now on until we end here, that this is all part of what meditation is. Meditation is not just a bit at your nose. Uh, when you catch the breath and stay with it. Meditation is not just your little patch here on your saputon and on your cushion. Meditation is the whole of this uh, living together for a few days, sharing space and time, um, sharing the odd groan and sneeze and sigh maybe, uh, sharing the delights of presence, of light, of all the Comforts Gaia House tries to offer us, uh, the timeless chatter of the rooks out there, yeah all this all this is given, all this is offered, so uh, all this is part of our meditation. We could easily find fault with this. I know my mind is capable of finding immense amount of faults. There is no perfection that would not, after a very short honeymoon. Start to show some flaky parts, or so where I could, uh, where the corrosive mind could find entry. You know. So, if that happens in your uh, experience, do not believe that. Do try not to fuel that. Do not, above all, do not uh, take that serious. Uh, consider uh, the many voices in your mind um, upon their value. Not all of these voices merit your trust. Not all of these voices, even married, listening to them. You may consider that there are some voices in your mind that are simply not your friends, that are simply not very, very kind. In fact, they may not even tell you the truth. They may tell you things that, even if you fulfill the things they demand from you, they would not stop telling you the same things. So, One of the tasks we have as meditators is is we need to learn to get a perspective on the contents of our experience. We will do that with the help of uh, time-honed exercises coming from the Satipatthana traditions, which is a a huge field of exercises handed down uh, in many Buddhist lineages, handed down in Pali, in Sanskrit, in Chinese handed down in many texts Uh, not just one or two famous Satipatthana suttas you may know but uh, many other texts speak of the elements of Satipatthana practice of establishing mindfulness (coughs) establishing presence the artificiality of that retreat demands a couple of practical gestures one of these gestures is being here that's one of the most important ones without that one um, much gets lost. So I'd like to encourage you to be here, to participate in the schedule of that retreat, to be present. To be present with your body, but also to, to be present as much as possible with your mind. Uh, another uh, gesture is the silence I have already mentioned. Another gesture is circumspection and uh, consideration for others. So although we don't speak, Acknowledge each other's presence by holding doors and uh, the thousand gestures of kindness in which we can acknowledge each other's presence when washing up or when eating or when taking space. Um, I'd like you to give these exercises we're trying to practice together a go. Some of you will have lots of experience, maybe from differing Buddhist teachings. Um, Others of you may have very little experience. In fact, who's here for the first time in Gaia House? Okay. Who's here on his first or her first retreat at all? Yeah. Good. Welcome. Courageous. Thank you for showing your hands. So whether you consider yourself to be seasoned uh, and uh, an old dog in this, or whether you consider yourself to be uh, completely fresh on the meadow, um, start right at the beginning. Just enter this and be curious. Curiosity is the mother of mindfulness. If you're not curious, very little can be done for you. So it is necessary for us to find out what makes us curious, and it is necessary to find out where our curiosities go. So, this may also be the moment where you take stock of your expectations. Often we are delighted or we are disappointed on the basis not just of what's happening, but actually on the basis primarily of what we expect. So, uh, it is better to know one's expectations, however uh, outrageous they may be, however downplayed they may be, It's generally a good thing to take stock and acknowledge one's own expectations. The more you know of your expectations, the better you will have an understanding why you feel great or why you feel disappointed. I will try to be here for you as much as I can. I intend to offer instructions on meditation practices. I will do some... Breathing exercises and Qigong with you in the morning for those who uh, want to join me. This is voluntarily uh, a half an hour before we do our first sitting. Um, uh, during the day, maybe once or twice if I'm not uh, in interviews, um, and I will give teachings from the Buddhist tradition. I uh, will be available to the extent possible in either groups or uh, occasional individual uh, interviews, and now and be here with you. I don't have any other plans for this next week other than being here, sitting with you, and being part of what we're doing. Um. I would like to encourage you to be respectful with whatever you meet. Retreats generally have something predictable if you have done a few of them, you know you know there's a kind of restless part, then there is a quiet part, then there's maybe a bored part and then the, it may, it gets really nice and then you start to worry that you lose it or you you do lose it and you regret you have lost it or uh, you think what happens when it's ending. And, you know, there, there may be some predictable bits in this, and then there's generally an, a, an aspect of mystery, something that baffles you, or something that is simply not understood, or you just don't get what this is about. You don't know where it belongs. So, I'd like you to keep an open mind, not just for the bits you know, not just for the bits you like, but also for the bits you you don't know where they belong yet. You don't know what they mean. You don't know how they really going to change your life. Or so it's important that we have a um, respectful relationship to that part of us which is emergent. You know, that part which is in, in state and which is not yet organized, structured, pigeonholed and classified. You know. uh, that is often a very useful, a very... Um, revealing part, but that revelation sometimes takes time. It doesn't all fall into place in one. So, above all, I'd like you to be kind to yourself, particularly, and um, I'd like also to encourage you to not make statements about yourself. You know, that's the deal. No statements about your personality on the basis of meditation experience. Statements about yourself are things that begin I am. I have. Uh, generally compounded with a temporal adverbial. I'm always. I'm never. Yeah? So no statement. If you have one brilliant meditation after the other, that doesn't necessarily mean you're enlightened and it's going to stay that way. And you've got it really sussed. Uh, if you have, if it takes you three days to get catch, uh, to string together two consecutive breath before you can before you get dragged off with the next fantasy uh, then it doesn't mean you're a hopeless case Yeah. so you're doing an exercise and you're promising here, now I take your silence as an agreement on this, you're promising that you're not going to make statements about you as persons on the basis of what this exercise turns up, okay I see some nodding <laughs> hesitant but I see <coughs> We're not about improving yourself. We're not about uh, uh, working down your neuroses. We're not trying to fix your life. We're discovering a miraculous part of our existence. We're explorers. We're not fixing. We're not starting off with an already deficient position. So give yourself the starting point to actually start fresh you don't have to fix something or straight something out or correct something let's not make this exercise let's not make this fantastic introspective practice another tool to improve upon ourselves in some way that implies that we're not okay yeah meditation is big it's deep and powerful exercise and um As many good tools, you know, it can be abused. It can be abused. We can use our capacity to distance, overwhelming experience, uh, to not feel. We can uh, abuse our heightened awareness to feel details in the workings of our psyche to obsess and blame ourselves for this. We can um, abuse this meditation exercise when we experience extraordinary states by identifying with these extraordinary states, declare the extraordinary state to be normal and then be bitterly, bitterly disappointed if that normality is not maintainable. <coughs> yeah? So meditation, as any effective tool, can be misused in some ways. So, so don't create an identity out of what's going on in your practice. Study that heart, learn to Acquaint yourself with the movements of your mind, deepen uh, your familiarity with the patterns of of emotion, of thought, of sensation, of will, but do not make statements about yourself. Let's keep the bill open. Good. You all have a space to sleep tonight? You know how things are going, you've got toothbrushes and all the necessary bits. Good, let us begin. I welcome you to join me on this and I look forward to a few deeply enriching and respectful days entering your own story, entering your own heart. That heart holds many treasures and many delights that sometimes the mind is not willing to acknowledge. So let's see and find out. Good. I'd like to be a few minutes quiet with you and then let us end for today and see whether we can catch a good night's sleep. And those of you who want to come join me down here for some exercises and some gentle breathing at 6.15, welcome. And all, all of you I would expect to be seeing a half an hour later for our first morning sit.